Okay, hey everybody, I'm Kaylee. I'm Danny. And this is Mal. She's here to talk to us about sex and everything that that means. Um, so, Mal, do you want to just give like a little bit of information about yourself and what you do and sure, all um, that good stuff? So, I'm a sexologist. I'm also a sex therapist and educator. I was at the Museum of Sex for several years as the leading sexologist. Broke the story on the internal clitoris that went viral several years ago. Um, and now I have launched the Center for Erotic Intelligence. And so we implement a very uh, well-rounded perspective on how to educate people on the wonderful things in life like love and pleasure and sex and intimacy and connection. Awesome. Wonderful. Okay, so we'll just start with like a pretty basic question. What is sex? (laughs) Not that that's basic. Yes. That's like a heavy hitter. We like to cover all the bases to get people informed. I would say from a very technical point, obviously sex is when you're having physical intimacy with somebody and there's penetration. But on the broader scale of things, um, you know, that question is sort of like, what is food? It's a lot of things to a lot of different people. So one of the things I say at my workshops is please take a second and think about what sex means to you. Is it something you use to get somebody or to punish somebody or reward somebody? Is it something that's you know, nerve wracking or anxiety ridden? Is it painful? Is it pleasurable? Do you use it to manipulate? Um, Is it, you know, any of these things at any given time? Um, But the, the good answer at the end of the day, when you've sort of explored through all of it is that sex is a journey and it's a vehicle for personal growth and self-discovery. I love that. Yeah, me too. Cause so it's so much bigger than just like the physical act of like, whether that be like vaginal, anal, Oral, any type of penetration, whatever you want to call it. Um, all holes. Yeah, all, <laughs> at all times. Yeah. All, the um, nostril included. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Honestly, people <laughs> probably in the ears. Yeah. I would not be surprised. Um, awesome. Okay, so what, what would you say for someone who is curious about sex and thinks that they're ready, but they're not entirely sure? Definitely make sure that you've explored your own body and you've learned how to give yourself pleasure. Think about the consequences. Um, are you willing to to handle the consequences if something bad happens? And something bad happening could, yes, be an STD, but it also could be like you queef or you fart. How are you going to deal with that <laughs> in that moment? And that's where you know emotional intelligence really comes in. And um, and then think about the person that you're potentially going to have sex with. Is that somebody that you have a foundation of trust with, or that? Um, it's going to, you know, be a nightmare the next day or awkward, you know, seeing each other around, or is it somebody that you can be friendly with? Um, so that the biggest element I think, uh, with someone else that you have sex with has to do with respect. If you have respect there as your baseline, you're good to go. Awesome. Um, and what exactly is a virgin? Because a lot of you know, it's like it's, if I it's did like, it in the ass, it doesn't count, right? It's like, like no. I'm save my if, if, if you've if you've taken a dick in any hole, I would say maybe other than your mouth, you're not a virgin. <laughs> that's what we said, but like I know. think that that's a fair assumption. Yeah. Um, okay, yeah, I can't with that. With those girls who are like, oh I yeah, was half a virgin when I met him. <laughs> yeah, no, no, she needs to sit down and not on a dick. <laughs> Um, but masturbating wouldn't 
isn't tech like would you consider like no. masturbating no giving up your virginity no I'm, i mean i masturbated when i was younger and popped my own hymen and that's you know you're not sharing your body with anybody that's your own body you're owning it it's your own agency um, babies masturbate in the womb so we are just natural born masturbators it's completely different you know just because a hymen gets broken um in certain you know for certain women some women don't experience that mm-hmm. we're all very different um but yeah masturbation is definitely not take not you know right. yeah not sex but i would say take your own virginity if, yeah. if it's like to, Ooh, to i like that yeah to do the full circle yeah. <laughs> um would you would you say that masturbation is something that a lot of people especially girls are like ashamed about Sadly, yes. Um, And I think a big part of shame and stigma in general comes from the fact that our parents don't talk to us about it, that we get so many sexually explicit messages in society and advertising. It's thrown in our face at all times, and yet we don't really talk about it, you know? Mm -hmm. We don't talk to our friends about our secret little fantasies, and everybody has a sexual secret. This is what I've learned in my business. But (laughs) we're so excited to tell them about, you know, the guy we hooked up with last night or you know these these bed yeah the the cool stuff but we don't talk about our secret stuff and Mm -hmm. when we have secret stuff that becomes shameful stuff and scary stuff so the more we have safe spaces to discuss this stuff the easier it is and you know for one of the questions I asked at a workshop the other day was how about everybody share something they're ashamed of about themselves and it's so powerful because once you say like I mean I heard so many answers when one lady was like I have hair on my nipples and one lady said I pee the bed sometimes and a guy said I get that being embarrassed yeah (laughs) a guy said um I can't um always stay hard and I don't last long enough we all you know the one thing that makes us all human that we have in common is that we all struggle and we all suffer through some form of embarrassment or shame so the sooner we talk about it and the sooner we own it Mm -hmm. the less power it has over us well that brings up a point one thing Kaylee and I talked about was that because we never learned about like sex in a good positive way when we both had issues with sex or the uncomfortableness of sex, we really didn't feel comfortable talking about it because sex was already taboo when it was good, that when it was bad, it was even more taboo. So do you find that common that people struggle not only talking about like the cool stuff, but also just the average or you know, yeah. going into a deeper layer about it? Absolutely. Every and, and it's just something you have to do over and over again both sex and talking about it and the more you do it the more comfortable you're with it and you are with it and it's a piece of cake um i talk about masturbating from the time i can remember because i grew up in a very um sort of shame-free household in terms of that i have two perverted horny women and sex is out as my mother and my grandmother and so with my grandfather and my father they were always making you know it was always full of innuendo everything and it wasn't vulgar or you know they weren't blatant no it was just there was an innuendo in every sentence so everything was sort of riddled with sexuality in my family and so masturbation was seen as something you do for a sense of self-reliance of independence of peace of stress relief and that's how it was taught to me and that's how I grew up and it's it it definitely gives you a different perspective than somebody who's been taught to be ashamed of their body that it's not right to touch your own body um so I think 
you know, the talking about sex really stems from our body awareness and our body attunement. Um, so it's something I'd like to see change in the world for sure. <laughs> yeah. No, and I, I definitely think it's like, it's one of those things like listening to someone be like, oh, I masturbate or oh, I, I watch porn. It's like, oh, it's great how like open they can be, you know, and like, but there's still some like, oh, like there's like the difficulty, the difficulty of like saying it out loud of yourself. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like they're yeah. still like, oh, it's open, but like I can't. Well, there was, like, this broad city episode I watched where it's, like, this great quote where it's, like, bragging about not being judgmental about something means that you think it should be judged. (laughs) Yeah. And so I think that's, I mean, one thing we struggle with is, like, finding people who will openly talk about sex with us. Yeah. Um, I'm like, really? I can't give you... (laughs) I mean, we're the same way, but, like, I I mean, maybe it's because, like, we're awkward 20-year-olds, but, like, in your experience with meeting different people, like, is there a certain age where, like, it's not weird or is it more of just like someone's personal journey where like they no longer care I think it's talking it's both for sure because I mean you you need time to go on that personal journey um you know I feel like for me I bring up sex when I first meet somebody because a it's what I do in a sense um but b it's (laughs) (laughs) yes but um it's what I study all day and and talk to people about all the time and so for me, it's a litmus test to see who somebody is and to sort of see, to get a, a gauge of how comfortable they are with themselves and with others. Because if they're not comfortable with themselves, they're going to totally judge me and not be comfortable with me. And mm-hmm. I don't, I don't want to cause them any more, you know, pain or struggle or fear <laughs> or worry or anxiety. Um, so, but then if they're like cool about it, then I'm like, okay, <laughs> let's go rock Let's it. go all in. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Um, okay, so this is just like, kind of getting back to sex what is an orgasm so an orgasm actually is from our autonomous system it's an involuntary reflex um hmm. so it's it's not really you, so you know you can't try to have it it's no just... and somebody doesn't this is the other thing you know 75 to about 85 percent of women the statistics vary depending on the study but it's about that average of women do not have orgasms from penetrative sex every single time but 99.9 percent of all guys will tell you oh yeah i made her come so hard i hit it so good <laughs> I made her come. And it's interesting because I feel like we really need to think about our language. I tell um, lovers, I say, uh, you know, I didn't, you didn't give me an orgasm. I chose to share my orgasm with you. Um, I love that. (laughs) Because, yes, you know, I I can write it out and, and get one out. But for women, especially when we have an orgasm, we go inside of ourselves and we're connecting with someone outside of ourselves. So it's a duality that's happening. I think... It was funny. I was actually just talking to my partner this morning, and he was in the shower masturbating, and I was in the bed masturbating, and he heard me like moan, and I just didn't even care. I was like, ah, (laughs) and um, and he came out, and I said, I was thinking about this, 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 and this, and this, and I said, what were you thinking about? And he was just like nothing, and I was like, I wish I was a guy and I could just like move something and make it squirt, you know? Yeah, it's so easy and like obvious. Yeah. But I think for women, it's much more complex. We need thoughts. We need erotic fantasies. And not all of us. I mean, there are some women who probably can just go tweedle-dee, tweedle-dum. And, and there are some women who say they can think themselves to orgasm. So Holy shit, that's impressive. Yeah. Our sexual response is so varied. It's not just up and down on a dick. So, <laughs> Right. Um, 
So what if you don't have it? This kind of follows. What if you don't have an orgasm every time? Like, does that is that a bad thing? Like, does that mean you're like bad at it, or that like you, sex isn't fun, or that you're not normal? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I guess that's like really the question. That's every. Am I normal? How? That's yeah. It's the biggest question about everything. There's no such thing as normal. The only thing normal in human sexuality is variation. Um, Ooh, you're getting <laughs> as good with these one-liners. Um, that one was in my TED talk, so that's <laughs> like ah, that was a good one. Um, but you know, not being if you don't have an orgasm, no, you're not bad. Um, what I see with girls along their sexual journey as they grow and experience more is that they get to a point where they stop faking orgasms because we all do it and. Mm-hmm. Um, and they say, oh, I didn't have an orgasm, sorry. And, like, you know, we've been trained not to hurt the fragile male ego. Oh. So we, we want to make him think that, oh, yes, you gave me all these multiple orgasms, and we're like, Jesus, I didn't even feel anything. Right. Um, so, <laughs> so, um, so, no, you're not bad, but I see as women get older, they stop faking it, they start saying, you know, Come, come somewhere else the first time. Now, when you're ready to go again, you're going to last longer. You're going to last long enough so I can get off. So it's sort of the second round. And, you know, they say, I'm going to climb on top and basically just use you. And that's a great role, ladies, first. Like, make me come first, last, do whatever you need to do to hold out. And, and then, you know, now we have, now we're in a game. But right. otherwise, for us, it's just like, really? <laughs> Yeah, I'm 40 minutes in and, like, still nothing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I do feel like there's a lot of that. Especially, like, with, like, younger, like, teenage girls, there's a lot of, like, you do it for, like, the man. Yeah. You know I mean? Like, it's, like, once they, like, come, it's, like, it's over. Absolutely. It's, like, theirs is just, like, the final. It's just, like, that's the, the that finish That we should line. all be done because yeah. you're done. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think democracy and equality in a society could be measured in the equal distribution of orgasms. So we definitely have a lot of work to do. Yeah, <laughs> so <Agreed>. true. Agreed. <laughs> um, are you supposed to orgasm at the same time as your partner? No. But when it happens, it's great. But it, it rarely ever happens. Right. Yeah. And that's not a bad thing. No. No, not at all. Ah, no. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, the thing about sex is you get creative. So, like, guys tend to come a lot quicker on average than women. And so, and, and like, you guys should talk to a lesbian, too, because, like, getting their perspective on sex is, like, a whole new world, too. <laughs> um, but you have to get creative. So, like... If a guy um, comes really quickly and you haven't come yet, then you can dry hump his leg or you can make him get you off with his mouth or his hand. And I think it's really just having the courage and the ovaries or the balls to say like, (laughs) hey, dude, what about me? What about my pleasure? Because the more we just do it to get a guy or keep a guy or to go along with it, my girlfriends were telling me like sometimes when they were younger, they would just like do it, have sex with a guy to get it over with so they could go home because they just didn't want to deal with like the constant persistence yeah. of guys um so i and i see that i see that all the time it's just like yeah it's easier to get this over in five minutes than to deal with him like hounding me and having blue balls you know um but i think it just it comes down to finally loving yourself and loving and respecting not just yourself but your pleasure to demand pleasure equality and that's that's what we need yeah Agreed. Um, well, that kind of leads me into another question as to, like, 
foreplay and and other things that you can do to get yourself off so um what is foreplay this is interesting. I hate the word foreplay okay, because okay. foreplay um, sort of suggests that it's like the thing you do before sex to get the girl ready, right? Yeah, um, yeah. It's like it's the scratch on the neck, the like, hey, are we gonna have sex? In in my world of long term relationships and dealing with couples and seeing you know couples who are like, how do we make sex hot again? I say foreplay begins the second the last orgasm ends so foreplay is everything it's innuendo it's texts it's leaving little notes in their lunch it's it's like sending a sexy photo it's whatever creative you know mission you could make it about just to keep this energy of heat flowing between you um and that's really when you see the great romances like um margaret wallace and uh what was the king david but then he wasn't the yeah it, i know what you're talking yeah. about but i don't know enough to like. yeah i forget his name but um when you see some of the the greater romances you can just see the way couples look at each other the way they touch each other and mm-hmm. they're years into it and they have this deep affection and it's you know people say like oh in long-term relationships you end up just being really great friends and you're not hot and having sex all the time i would say that would be the majority of successful marriages but there's that upper echelon that just they have it and it's hot and it's sexy and that's because they understand that foreplay isn't this thing you do before sex it's a part of your constant in your life um and foreplay for yourself could be something as like with nobody's around just like touching yourself i mean it's about pleasure um so yeah that's my thoughts on foreplay (laughs) um so so with that what do you how do you how do you view like sexting and like cyber sex like is there i mean obviously like you know there are some negatives around like sending nudes because it's like oh my god everyone else is gonna see it yeah um so do you like what's your advice against that yeah i i think that there's a lot of anxiety and fear in opening up and trusting somebody with that type of stuff, which is why respect and trust are very important. Um, I think also there are a lot of guys who... I got a dick pic this week, you guys, and it, Ugh, it, was, I hate dick pics. it was so small. And I was like, oh, dude, no. And he's like, let me see you. And I sent him a picture of my cat. And so, like... <laughs> like and the thing was, it's like, I'm, I'm not going to fuck this guy. Like, I'm yeah. not going to be with him like I'm not he, he wants nudes he wants like what you yeah, know like and a Pornhub like a regular American yeah. <laughs> but so I I mean yeah when you have a sexy pic of yourself and you love it and you're seeing somebody or you like them and you have respect and trust established go for it um quite frankly everybody kind of has nudes now so it's like Mm -hmm. there's really no shame and that's again I'm scared because somebody else might see it Mm -hmm. what are you scared of where does that fear come from it's coming from shame why what Mm -hmm. why should you be ashamed oh because mom and dad might see or I might not get a job here or this or that that's actually really dissipating in society you know everybody has a sex tape now so it's kind of like meh there's porn we all see it it's ubiquitous everywhere so seeing a naked body you know it's not that big a deal anymore yeah. Um, so what do you think about sex tapes? Like making your own? Um, I mean, I guess everybody has to make the decision for themselves. Mm-hmm. I definitely am glad that I 
unbeknownst to me, don't have any out there. Um, and I have girlfriends and even some of my mother's girlfriends who are single who um, have really regretted making sex tapes and they're in their 40s and 50s. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I think it, it's really the intention behind it. Are you making it to watch later together? Are you making it so he has it to watch later? You know, are you making it just to see what you look like when you're fucking? Does it oh, turn you on? I never thought of it like that, <laughs> but that might actually be a smart perspective. Yeah, I mean, Beyonce has people record her all the time, so. That's amazing. Oh, God, I would not want to be in that room with, like, her and Jay-Z. <laughs> Oh god, I just got shivers on my thinking. That. I'd like be there with just her, like by herself. I'll Maybe just, not yeah. Jay Z. Not ew, no. <laughs> I'll babysit the kid. We can go hang out. Um okay, so what would you um what would you say to someone who's like feeling pressured and they're just not sure if they're ready? If you're not sure, then go with no. Because somebody's going to definitely pressure and pressure and pressure. Like I was saying before, the girls who said it's easier just to get this over with mm-hmm. than, than have to deal with this constant pressuring. Um, if, you're, if you're worried and you have anxiety and you feel like you're being pressured, no. Because if you're giving in to pressure from somebody, that's not really respecting yourself and that's not loving yourself. Right. Um, so... If someone, like if a teenager or someone has questions about sex, or even parents, like, how do you approach talking about it? Like, is there, is there a way that's, like, to make both parties comfortable? And, like, what would you say to someone who, like, doesn't know where to start? So, for kids, um, when they ask their, when younger kids ask their parents, you know, where are babies from? And they Mm -hmm. start asking about um, these, these issues. One strategy is to always respond with a question. Well, where do you think they come from? Well, what have you heard about this? And they tell you, and then you ask, well, what do you think about that? Because you really want to get a gauge on where their mind is and where their development is, because there's no set age at, you know, age nine, you're going to have the birds and the bees, which, by the way, is not just how babies are made anymore. It's really about body ownership, pleasure ownership, agency, having respect for yourself and for others, understanding that, you know, sex is not something you just do to get a boyfriend or to make somebody happy. um, Or Or even, like, for procreation. Yeah. I feel like that's one issue is that sex is, like, people still think, like, it's either, like, if you're in a marriage, it's an obligation. Right. Or it's, like, oh, like, just for children, not just, like, for for fun. Yeah. Yeah. And if we were taught as kids that, like, masturbation is a whole lot of fucking fun, (laughs) then we'd probably not have all these pent-up issues and anxieties that we have now, and I'd probably not be in business, but... (laughs) (laughs) Thank God for society. (laughs) Crushing women. Um, So, Um, so what would you say to someone, like, if someone's, like, sex is painful... What would you say? I mean, that's there. It's like saying is run, like running's painful. Well, like have you twisted your knees with your back? You should see a doctor. There's so many things. Um, 
it's you know it's it depends on the situation i think a lot of women do in general have pain during sex it's a big issue that's talked mm-hmm. about a lot um and there are a lot of different reasons for that hormones where you are in your menstrual or your uterine cycle um and also just like mental blocks we tend to get in our heads a lot during yeah. sex um i always tell girls in college i'm like don't worry about the pimple on your ass. He's so happy his rocket's going into outer space. He does not give a shit about the stretch mark or the flab. He's just like, whoa! So, um, yeah. So, <laughs> sorry. No, no, that's okay. I, I got off topic, but no, I like that, that was a great analogy. Like that, analogy. that kind of brings me to something I do wonder about. So we talked for a little bit um, before Kaylee and I about, like, media's representation of sex. Um so, like, you're saying, like, the guy doesn't care about the flab or, like, the pimple on your ass. But then, like, what do you, I mean, how do you respond to that when, like, we only see, like, skinny, beautiful people having sex on TV? Like, you know, it's never, like, the girl never looks anything less than a Victoria's Secret model. So, how would you say sex represented in media differs from reality? Uh, it's, it's, it's night and day. I mean... Porn is about fantasy, and Hollywood movies are fantasy, right? But the real world, we're not all walking around like Hollywood actors. We're not all like, I'm in my movie with my Brad Pitt hair today. We're real people in real life, and we don't have hair and makeup for three hours. And so, you know, it's fed at us all the time and we just have to make efforts and it's a daily practice it's not something you just wake up and you say i love myself yay awesome great no it's a daily practice of owning your body of being okay with yourself of your body being happy in your own skin and and that's it's a constant daily effort and so that if you do that every day then the constant you know feed of these beautiful perfect people it's like okay right great for them I'm a real woman and I'm happy and I'm happy to demand my pleasure (laughs) yeah um so what do you think about like how do you feel about porn so there's actually a lot of studies coming out recently. Younger and younger kids are looking at porn. So that's something. How young? Uh, it's gone from eight years old to six years Six years old. 70% of them have stumbled upon it online by accident. Um, and so it's sort of inevitable. And, mm-hmm. you know, I used to look up in the dictionary penis and giggle. And now, <laughs> now, and one of the projects we did was we entered in random search terms like I want to suck dick. And an article comes up about this person, like, it's just the stuff that comes up when you type in funny things like blowjob or, like, any search term that a kid would do. Because when I was, like, six and seven, I was like, oh, my gosh, what's vagina, huh? Like, (laughs) but now they have the internet. So Mm -hmm. they're getting videos and, like, their first notions of sex are, like, hardcore bukkake videos. And that's pretty (laughs) scary. Um, So from the perspective of young kids, I think it's... um, it's something that needs to be a part of a lifelong conversation that their parents have with them starting from a very young age. It's not you have the talk and it's done. It's mm-hmm. a constant throughout their evolution. Um, but for older people, I think porn is like any other vice. If it's used in moderation, um, then it's uh, 
it's not bad. I use it every once in a while just to get the job done when I'm trying to get out the door. Uh, <laughs> but I do see it having negative impacts, especially on young guys who've grown up with it. They can't get off unless they're watching porn. They can't get off with a real person. They have erectile dysfunction. Um, and so, and it's, it's pretty common, but does porn make us more detrimental and have crazy kinks and become pedophiles? There's tons of data on that. No, it does not make us more perverted. It does not mess us up. It can skew our ideas about what our own bodies should look like, and it can skew the ideas of um, our mates to for them to expect our bodies to look a certain way um, and for them to not really i mean it i think it's an impediment to intimacy and real human connection if somebody overuses it mm-hmm. um but other than that i think you know it's a, it's a spoon-fed fantasy that is given to us mm-hmm. and so people who watch too much porn especially guys i tell them all the time get yourself an erotic novel because if you're reading a story you are the director in your own head and you're igniting your erotic imagination if you're constantly spoon-fed something that's like eating mcdonald's and you're gonna get erotic cancer like you're gonna get erotic (laughs) diabetes it's not good for you you need some healthy home-cooked erotic imagination of your own so that's my biggest hang up about porn is just make sure that your own erotic imagination is turned on and churning and you're not just constantly you know being fed what's on x in xx or you porn or Pornhub or tumblr yeah. Tumblr's my favorite. <laughs> Kaylee hates that. <laughs> I just don't like Tumblr. So I don't care where you get your porn from. <laughs> Tumblr itself is not my thing. Um, okay. So what would you, um, well, so with like porn, I mean, obviously there are a lot of different types of sex and I think that that's where like a lot of people find out about different types of sex um say it be like bdsm or like foot fetish foot yeah fetishes um what would you say for people who are like interested in that but don't like they've only seen it in porn or like 50 shades of gray so they want to try they want to try out bdsm or they just want to try out some new type yeah of like sex. they just might be interested in like trying out a new type of sex like that they how, saw in a porn yeah like how would they approach that there's a new app coming out and it's like to pair people up based on fantasies which is really cool so i think we we're gonna make headway beyond field and tinder in terms of like i want to try this is anyone else out there does anyone have an adult diaper fetish (laughs) Uh, i watched a story on that once that's fascinating i'll I'll be polite i watched a story once on like people who like to dress up as dogs yeah but oh, like furries no yeah. no no. it's different than that furries <laughs> is like when they're like plush animals these yeah. people wore like full latex suits and like pretended to be dogs and like walked on the street um, humans are wild man. wild i mean but it's our creative imagination mm-hmm. um so I, I mean when i was younger i used craigslist but we can't we can't do that these days craigslist? oh yeah i hooked up with so many people oh, wait, craigslist. we need to hear about this <laughs> really? Really? Wow. <laughs> It's like 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 four in the classified or yeah in in uh, casual encounters. There was in, a casual. Is it still there? I think it is. I think it's like all hookers or something it's now. Like vibes and it's like it's like M to M. It's like, like really not people like back in the day before everyone knew about it. It kind of like was a little classier and like believe it or not, it's crazy to say now. Um, like this was pre back page. Like it, mm-hmm. it was when it first came out. Like maybe. 
2004, 2003. I don't know. It's a long ass time ago. Okay. Um, but yeah, I, I would just, I really loved facials. So that was my thing. Like I genuinely loved them. I wasn't just doing them because guys like them. Can you explain what that is? Yeah. When when somebody jizzes on your face. Okay. Okay. For a second, I actually was like, oh, like that's so cool. A guy puts on your cucumber mask. Not the kind from Elizabeth Arden. Yeah. See, that's why we need sex ed. That was where my mind first went. Well, so, and then I was like really into like the idea of like bukkake and just like having like lots of men and dicks around me so i can you explain what that is yeah so bukkake is actually a japanese um ancient sort of art form i don't know erotic art form but it's basically where a bunch of guys come on your face and come all over you Um, so yeah so i did that a bunch when i was a kid (laughs) (laughs) via craigslist yeah uh, via craigslist i mean that was a thing like when I was in high school, I only dated college boys, and when I was in college, I only dated men, and it kept my reputation safe with people, my peers, and I got oh. to be who I wanted to be and explore and not have to worry about everybody gossiping, so it was great, and New York City's the best, best place, place for that. Best <laughs> place. Um, so, I mean, so you were interested in, like, multiple partners, like, part of this, right? Yeah, absolutely. So do you, I think they're, like, one thing we should cover is, like, monogamy and open relationships, because... Totally. So many people think that, like, open relationships are a myth because sex automatically means emotions. And, like, I don't feel that way. But I want, like, your expert opinion. Like, monogamy, sex, relationships, how do they all kind of interact? Um, yeah. And do they cancel each other out? So it, it depends on the person, you know, it's like some of us like chocolate icing on our cake and some of us like no icing and some want sprinkles. We're all really, really fucking different. So there's no one size fits all answer for anybody. Monogamy, mono one, gammy spouse. It has nothing to do with sexual exclusivity, but we all make it. We paint the narrative that way. Um, it means you pair bond. So we've studied prairie voles. And we've studied uh, oxytocin in prairie voles. A specific um, type of prairie vole has the same oxytocin um, neurotransmitters that we have. And so they pair bond with another prairie vole and they raise a family together. What we see in polyamorous relationships and even in harems and in, in alternate relationship structures is that there will always be two people out of the group who are pair bond, bonded stronger than they are with their other partners. So we are scientifically, biologically set up to pair bond. There will always be love and there will always be romance. Now, how we navigate the fact that every once in a while, while we want to go over here and do this but then we usually come back to this was with the prairie voles they um they sort of tested them out and realized that they're not actually a hundred percent sexually exclusive you know every once in a while they'll go they'll go and wander but they always come back to their mate so um and then they took another species of prairie vole that doesn't have the oxytocin uh neuroreceptors and they and they don't pair bond they just have sex whenever they want like most other species and they gave it the the neuroreceptors and they suddenly started pair bonding so it's really a biological evolutionary setup um in our brains and when you have an orgasm you do release oxytocin um and you do bond with somebody 
we have control of our emotions. Um, oxytocin is, is released the most during childbirth. It's responsible for the mother really? bonding with the child, but it's also released during orgasm. And so we have a flood of dopamine. Men have more dopamine during orgasm. But we have all these neurochemicals happening that actually do bond us to somebody. So I've had plenty of, of sex that um, I wasn't you know, interested in having a relationship with the person and it was just purely for pleasure. Um, but you still feel like a sense of closeness um, um, and and it's like a nice feeling, you know. It's a warm, trusting feeling. Um, there's something else I was gonna say. I'm like shit. <laughs> um, but yeah, about like um, like having like monogamy, but like open relationships. Yeah. So I mean, I think this is sort of a trend that people are trying to figure out, and. Because the old narrative was you grow up, you go to college, you meet your husband, you get married, and that's the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. We're living longer now. We're spending a shit ton more time as singles, and we're getting to explore our bodies and our pleasure and really figuring out what, like, little kinks and sexual proclivities we really like. And so, and then once you figure all that out, it's like you meet a partner and you can't even agree what color to paint the walls, much less what sexual fantasies you want to engage (laughs) in together. So there are a lot more complexities, but do open relationships work yes for some people absolutely they're great um are they a detriment to society not necessarily are they a detriment to you that's your decision um and i guess the real question is how what can you tolerate how much jealousy can you tolerate what's interesting i've seen with people um somebody will be the least insecure loving person and they won't be jealous and they have an open relationship with somebody and everything's fine two three years however long and suddenly somebody new is involved and this nice non-insecure person suddenly has this green monster rage of jealousy and it's really about sort of the chemical reaction between two people so to say i'm not jealous i'll never be jealous that's not who i am that's great, but it doesn't mean that you won't ever be. There could be somebody that comes along that really gets under your skin, um, and and it happens. Similarly, do you think that it's possible to like be like an open relationship person with multiple people, and then they make the switch, and suddenly they don't want an open relationship with a specific person anymore? They want it to be monogamous. Do you see that often, that like people float? Yeah, I do. Um I, I do see that often. I feel like at the end of the day when people sort of, I hate to say it, but adultery is universally taboo and universally practiced. Like infidelity is rampant. So I think mm-hmm. this idea of trying to explore with open relationships is a way to say, I'm going to accept the fact that if we don't talk about this and we're not open with it, it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's a positive step forward, but how we navigate these waters, how we navigate our own jealousy, our own security and insecurity, um, it's just, it's an individual pursuit. But yeah, people switch all the time and confuse everybody and cause chaos, and it's great. <laughs> um, okay, so this is like a little bit more into sex. Um what is a fetish? So, a fetish is is your little sexual thing that that turns you on. It's your I don't want to say kink. It's your proclivity. It, it's the thing that gets you turned on. You know, when you think about it more than anything else. Um, 
but fetishes specifically, if you want to think of like a foot fetish, you know, I'm, I'm thinking like your proclivities, like I love seeing a man with big hands. There's nothing really necessarily. Like there's nothing necessarily sexual about that besides like me thinking, mm, I wonder what's in his pants, but just like <laughs> this beautiful, these beautiful hands and they're strong and they could touch me and grab me and hold me and, th- you know, throw me around or just big man hands since there's something really hot to me about that right i wouldn't say that's my fetish i would say that's my proclivity a fetish is more like something where it's almost like you have to have it to get off um or it's like just a it takes a bigger majority of your sex life than regular sex um and the way i explain it explain what how we the things that turn us on I, I compare it to a puff pastry. So, Oh, no. So eroticism. So we talk about sex all the time, and people explore their sexuality. Sexuality is um, a goal. Eroticism is a pursuit. It's a constant, lifelong um, process. And so our eroticism really is the underlying current of how we have sex and what we choose to do with ourselves sexually. So eroticism happens from the moment we're born. Eroticism is essentially an infinite continuum of every experience that we've ever had and every experience that we ever will have. So with that in mind, from the time we're a baby, we're born and we're completely powerless. We have to convince our parents by crying, by cooing, by being cute to feed us, to give us shelter. So we learn how to play with power from a bottom-up perspective. And so these these power plays from the time we're born shape our erotic mind. And so the puff pastry... Every little thing that happens to you, subconscious or not, is a little layer of this puff pastry. So maybe Freud, I believe, um, would walk around and he would hear his mother peeing under uh, her hoop skirt. She had a big dress and so they'd be walking in the garden and he would hear her pee and he kind of developed a a pee fetish. And it wasn't because he wanted to have sex with his mom. It wasn't because, you know, his mom made him turn on. It was because there was something naughty about the fact, oh, she's breaking the rules. She's doing something. She's peeing in public. Oh, (laughs) that's... And so there are four core erotic themes to our erotic minds. Um, One is uh, breaking the rules. One is power plays. Uh, One is longing and anticipation. And another one is overcoming ambivalence. And so you can sort of look at everybody's fetishes. You know, if I ask people all the time, Tell me your peak erotic experience and uh, like your top sex of all time. And they'll tell me this great situation. And these experiences take people to places they've never been. When I ask people right after that question, tell me your fantasy, fantasies cover familiar territory. And usually underlying both of these stories, there is a core erotic theme. And so when you know your core erotic theme, you can start to explore. You can heal parts of yourself. That's, that's like a whole other conversation. <laughs> but, um, but so fetishes are not necessarily bad as long as everybody's consenting and respectful. Um, but they, they, you know, our erotic mind is shaped from the time we're born. So if somebody has a foot fetish, you know, who knows what happened to them? Does it mean they were abused or something? No, not necessarily. They probably just maybe their dad sold shoes, you know. Yeah. Okay. Right. So it doesn't necessarily have to be like because when I think of fetish, I think of like calling a guy daddy, 
Yeah. And everyone always says, like, oh, it's because she has daddy issues. But I love my dad, and I see no correlation between that. Let's talk about this, because I talk about this a lot. Okay. okay, perfect. So, I love daddy-daughter porn. And how crazy is that? Because people... I can say this, because it's, I, this is fine, because I know the science behind it. So, it's one of my favorite go-to porn categories. Now, the underlying core erotic theme, what, what would that be? Breaking the rules. It's taboo. It's wrong. There's a sense of power play. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe not. I think in my fantasy... The power play is more me having all the power and making somebody do something they shouldn't do and break the rules. Do I want to have sex with my dad? Fuck no. That's disgusting as shit and I want to vomit thinking about it. (laughs) But the idea of an older man... Being with you and you someone's being... Someone's daddy. Yeah, someone's daddy. It doesn't mean you have daddy issues at all. The, the underlying element is I like the idea of someone making me feel secure, of somebody knowing what they're doing and not having to worry about some little boy who's going to be done in two minutes and be like, oh, sorry about that. Um, <laughs> and, you know, it's somebody who, who you feel you can trust. You know that you're going to be treated well and sort of spoiled. You know, I when I was younger, I loved dating older men. They were the best. They listened to your body they took you out they they just they treated you with such sophistication in ways that younger boys didn't and so yeah I love watching older guys and younger girls and and these types of um videos because there's something really hot to me about that I mean I like a lot of other hot things too but no you don't have daddy issues and it doesn't you know it's when people like something on porn it doesn't mean they're messed up or they had a childhood that messed them up it means mm-hmm. their underlying elements like security or safety or sophistication or warmth or love mm-hmm. that makes that fantasy appeal to them it's not incestuous or anything like that okay, cool. <laughs> um okay so what is bdsm um, what do you what do you guys think it is? I'm curious. Well, I mean, I know what it stands for, but I think a lot of people just assume that it's Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah, I, it's it's power play. And you, I was gonna say, I like when I think BDSM, I immediately go to like some at least some form of tying up, and then like I mean, we interviewed someone, and like therefore BDSM was like being called a dirty whore and spit on. So, like, <laughs> honestly, after that, no, she likes being hogtied. That's right. it's like a oh my god, yeah. That, her actual quote, you'll hear it in the episode, uh, was uh, I like to be squealing like a little pig. So like that's like where I go from like you know haha tie me up to like spit on me and like make me. <laughs> get it? Say it. You guys can listen. Yeah, so, like that's like where my mind. <laughs> Well, because is there a difference between BDSM and rough sex, or are they the same? No, there, there's definitely a difference, I would I would say. I mean, and it goes both ways, too. I mean, the woman could be the one slapping somebody right. around. and yeah, Like a dominatrix. Yeah, yeah, totally. Jessica Lange, American Horror Story. Yeah, so rough sex is, I, I mean, BDSM is really about power play. So anything that has to do with power play, yeah. So rough sex could be, but I mean, I guess there's sort of a, a breaking point, a, a line that you cross. And I guess maybe everybody has a different definition of, of where that boundary is between BDSM and rough sex. But uh, so there's not like a, if you do A, you have now crossed over standards. No, of, no, okay. yeah, there's no, no And it's standards. not like you have to like use a, ball and chain and like a whip and some like to be 
to do BDSM? Do you know what I mean? No. Like, there aren't, like, specific tools you need to use to partake in you it. You need your mind. Okay. It's, a, it's a creative pursuit. That's okay. all it is. So, I mean, if you're on an island and you don't have a whip or a chain, you can find a tree branch. You know, it's really, it's just being creative. That's right. what sex really is. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so what is, what's a hand job? It's well. Hopefully, you get your hand wet enough. But it's when <laughs> when you jerk somebody's dick off, or you rub somebody's clit off. Um, I wouldn't really say it's fingering, but okay. definitely it's rubbing one out on either gender. Okay. <laughs> and what's oral sex? Uh, your mouth is on someone's genitalia. Oh, we had a question about this. Um, dental dams. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. What are they? Yeah. How do you do them? I mean, they're, I don't even want to be on record saying this, but they're, they're kind of just like an annoyance, but I mean, it's like also saying like condoms are annoying, which I think condoms are necessary. Um, they help prevent STDs from oral sex, Mm -hmm. but. So, cause it's like, is it like a sheet? We, yeah. We looked it up up on the internet. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I've actually told people before, like, if you're really concerned, use saran wrap, but then that takes away. It takes away some of, like, the feeling, but, like, you still feel the movements and everything. But so do you, like, hold it down? Like, is the idea, like, you hold the dental dam on the vagina or, like... Or is it, like, one of the... Are like, you, like, you, like double-sided taping it? it? Like, is it, like, is it, like <laughs> you know, like, you lick it and it sticks? <laughs> <laughs> like an envelope? Like, just, yeah. like, I'm like, clothes. what dental dams are you guys... I mean, I've seen no, different ones, I've never but... seen them before. Well, we I mean, I've seen one. I just haven't seen one in action. Well, yeah. No, like, I've seen the packages for them. And, like, I, we looked up a diagram online. But. I think we need to ask some lesbians about Probably. this. Yeah. Beca- but, I mean, look, here's the thing. A condom and a dental dam, they're going to protect you against certain STDs. But things like HPV and herpes are still really easy to get when you're yeah. down there doing all that stuff. Bum so if that's... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So if that's what you're really trying... I mean, yeah, it, it'll help prevent that for sure. But mm-hmm. like, it's not, I don't, I wouldn't say that it's a hundred percent safe. Just like a condom, when you mm-hmm. have sex with somebody, you can still risk getting HPV at skin to skin contact. Yeah. So it's, it's how careful you are willing to be, I think. Um, and if, if it gets to be where somebody's so careful, it's like, just give me a toy and let's masturbate together. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like Watch all each this. other come. Yeah. yeah. That's actually another question. What, how do you feel about sex toys? Oh, they're great. Um, they're, I mean, they're kind of like the, like porn is to men, what sex toys are to women in some way. Like they, they can get to where you're, if you use them all the time and only them, then it can get to where, you know, regular sex isn't as fun. Um, but I would say the majority of women I know own them. They have them, they use them, they're proud of them. By themselves or, like, with their partner, too? Mostly by themselves, but with their partners, too. Do you too. think it's healthy to use it? Like, do you think there can be, like, a healthy balance using it with your partner? Totally, yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, it's whatever floats your boat. And if you're somebody who loves using your sex toy all the time, I'm not dissing you or judging you. Like, use your sex toy, you know? It's it's great. We have iPhones and computers. Like, we need mm-hmm. sex toys. I'm part of Women in Sex Tech, this big group. And so we've got... Um, now uh, a really cool instrument called LV that gives instant biofeedback on Kegel muscles. So you can, which is like, if you want to have a baby, like I'm the age where I'm starting to think about this stuff. Like, That's I good want, to know. I want my shit in shape, you know, <laughs> before I run a marathon, I want to train. This is like good training for your muscles. 
Um, and then another really great, um, there are so many great ones, but they have them with apps. So your partner can be halfway around the world and can, can turn on your vibrator. Um, oh, there's, that's cool. there's one called the love bubble that I'm a big fan of, um, that you put in the bathtub and you ride on it and it like blows bubbles everywhere. That's cool. You ride on it in the bathtub? Yeah. Yeah. It's like a mouth. Where does it blow? Bubble, all like, on your clit like just vibrates yeah it's pretty wait cool. how do you not get like electrocuted though um it, so uh, most of the sex toys now are all waterproof yeah um so i love technology they're silicone they're medical grade silicone jimmy jane was one of the first companies to do it um and they're fabulous i love jimmy jane everything like plug jimmy jane uh, literally <laughs> all day long <laughs> i own like tons of jimmy jane um and so they sit on a dock like you would charge your phone or you would charge, you know, something else. They sit on the dock, they charge, and then they're right, they, you take them off. They're waterproof. You can use them in the shower. I remember the first time I was, like, on my period and really horny and went into masturbate. And I was like, oh, yeah, this is waterproof. So I was just, like, going crazy in the bathtub. And I'm like, this is the greatest thing. I have peace and PMS is gone. It was it was amazing. Yeah, it is that amazing. That leads us to a question we also have for someone else. A period sex. Is it common? Is it a thing? It's absolutely common. Anybody who's afraid of it just hasn't grown up enough yet. <laughs> um, it's, yeah, every man should earn his red wings. And, like, it, I like that. It, red wings. Yeah. I that as a lower back tattoo. Oh, the new tramp stamp. Yeah. Uh, I actually, I remember the first time I brought it up to our friend Patrick. Yes. And he was like, I don't mind blood. I like violence. And I was like, that's a fucking real dude right there, oh, you know? God, I love Patrick. Patrick, if you're listening, we love you. <laughs> it's one of my favorite quotes of all time. Um, but yeah, period sex happens. There's actually a really great um, website called makelovenotporn.tv by Cindy Gallup. Um, and she is trying to create more real-world sex. So um, the videos are user-submitted. It's all amateurs. Okay. And they get they pay like $5 to submit it, but then every time somebody... I don't know if it's that anymore. This was a few years ago, but I know it's taken off more. And then they get paid for every view that gets... That, sees the video um so there's that you know equity in it but then she says i want to see condom flubs i want to see period sex i want to see accidents and the woman has to come and so she has like a real sense So there's like rules but it's not like the typical rules of like must be hot yeah no (laughs) it's it's real people and real sex and that's that's what we're missing in hollywood and porn Mm -hmm. so it's it's actually something i've suggested to parents that they get their their children you know watching this because it's better than them watching you know porn that's crazy unrealistic yeah totally raising boys that think women need to look a certain way yeah or like the uptick in women getting labioplasties is insanity is that they get like getting a vagina redone? like yeah just they think their lips are too big and they want them to look smaller like the girls in porn oh, yeah, that just seems absurd to me the uptick in surgeries is insane like i'm like except your body like every like also, pussies are beautiful do that? Like, <laughs> I, i'm more <laughs> of like the science like, totally that's wow yeah it's pretty crazy a lot of things done people do um botox injections into the g g spot oh i I actually read an article about that though about like it being helpful for like women who uh i can't remember like what it was but it was like they had a lot of kids or something no not even that it was like a condition where it's like 
your is there something wrong with like the uterus uh-huh. um, the urethra maybe the, yeah, yeah. Some, there was something like wrong with it and like botox actually helped take the paint away oh wow yeah. that's cool i can't remember like what it was but it was something where it was like the woman's constantly in pain from her vagina but the Botox helps relax the muscles, muscles so then that she's no longer... But see, like, that's great. And, like, yeah. it's great that, like, that can be used. But then right. I feel like it's just taken to another step where it's like, I'm going to transform my vagina to look like Gwyneth Paltrow. Like, <laughs> I, uh, you know, I love Gwyneth, but there's nothing about her that I would like to change myself no, I, to fit her. No, yeah. but I'm just saying, like, it's like, yeah. you know, you get a picture of, like her vagina and you go to the doctor the fapping, it's like, and you're this like, is what i want <laughs> i went the kardashian lips yeah <laughs> oh gosh <laughs> killed me new definition of a highly lip kit <laughs> oh my god ew um i just baby gagged Ugh. okay so what is dry sex dry humping okay um, and it's great and i mean even like scissoring like with other women that's it it's not Do you want to explain what that is uh it's bumping pussies <laughs> that's they called it in the 70s because my mom would always be like oh those ladies they're bumping pussies that was how she would say they were lesbians so I was oh my like, God. Okay. that's my dad his way of identifying uh lgbtq people is yours they're the way of uh- <laughs> and i'm always like way of what <laughs> like what are you referring to and that's just he's like a 60 something year old man and this is how he does it yeah um okay so so you're just like so oh so they yeah i mean you can google it <laughs> yeah they they one girl lays with you know flat on her back and the other one they just i mean you basically it's great because you're getting clitoral stimulation which you don't get necessarily with a penis inside of you so you're kind of like humping each other's legs and pussies and you squeeze in and all that jazz so, <laughs> so it's the thing because there's that scene of orange is the new black where pussy is like scissor i told you scissoring isn't a thing um, it's like she's experimenting with her girlfriend, but so this is like no, is it's popular. Popular. Is no, like, no, because I remember, time. yeah, my cousin who's an idiot tried to like tell me when she was like scissoring isn't a thing. That's just like so homophobic, and I was like, I don't think that it is. No, all my lesbian friends talk about scissoring. Like it's just, I feel yeah. like it's just like a form of dry humping, essentially. Yeah, but they you or can like do dry it sex. Naked. You can do it yeah. naked too, where your yeah. pussies are actually touching each. Yeah, my, right. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, okay. it's a thing. Um, <laughs> it's not the thing. It's not their standard go-to, you know. But it's. But what it's is a the standard for yeah, sex? Yeah, totally. Right. Yeah. Um. So, are there things? Oh, actually, what is squirting? Okay, so there's the difference between female ejaculation and squirting, and there's a big misperception. So we've had very few studies done. The one that everybody likes to talk about is the one that was just um, written about in in, in Vice. Um, oh, and nice. they used only seven people, um, and they used uh, images of they checked the the women's bladders uh, before arousal, during arousal, uh, after orgasm, and um, because they were trying to figure out if it was pee or not. Um, but you can't really draw conclusions based on seven people. Mm-hmm. And the studies we've had outside of that um, came to different conclusions than that study. That study said, like, yes, it's P. Other studies have said, um, have shown that there are PSAs. So there, there are skein's glands and um, about 55 to 60% of women have them. Um, and so... We all tend to ejaculate when we have an orgasm. Not ejaculate. Uh, we 
expel liquid when we um is that it, like cum yeah okay so it, it is ejaculate i just don't want anyone to confuse ejaculate with squirt because it's right. like okay. two different things right it's yeah. not like a male ejaculation where it right. literally like it comes out no yeah. it's like yeah. after you do it like it, you like, can go to the bathroom and you right see out. like little strings yeah. of cum and stuff i'm always like oh hey girl <laughs> 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 i'm like she's happy today <laughs> um but so there is expulsion of fluid and that's where the studies really fail to expand because they consider female ejaculation to be expulsion of fluid Mm -hmm. um so actual squirters um it is uh psas it's it's liquid from your prostate gland essentially the same as with guys um Mm -hmm. and so uh, it's uh it depends on the woman. Not all women can squirt. It doesn't mean it's bad. Um, some women squirt right before orgasm. Some do it during. Some do it immediately after. Some say it's the greatest orgasm ever. Some say um, that they're ashamed of it and it, they are afraid of their bodies and it hurts their relationship. So we need a lot more data on this and a lot, a ton more studies done on it. Um, good luck with that since the world and politics and medicine really only care if we can have a baby. They don't really care about our pleasure. So, um, But, it, you know, it's fascinating. It's not 100% urine. That's for sure. Um, but the, the, in some studies... It is urine on this girl, but it's not on this girl. So, it, it and they both are squirters, right? Mm-hmm. So, like the the actual substance, the chemicals, um, urea um, is one of the chemicals that sort of determine if it's going to be more um, uh, urine versus not urine. But we just need a lot more science done on it, and we don't have enough. I'll give you these slides oh, that yeah, show, sure. yeah, because it shows like. This girl, it will show like all the squirters, and it'll say like pee, white, um, liquid. Uh, like, is it a mix of both? So, yeah, definitely. Awesome. Yeah, Take a look at this. <laughs> do you like know if you're a squirter? Like, is they were like, do yeah, what are the signs of like, a squirter? What are the signs of a squirter? <laughs> no, like, like, because you said like you know it can happen like right before or like during or right after, but like if someone's like inside of you and like. Yeah. You know, like how it happens and yeah, then you're like, oops, I didn't know I could do that. <laughs> but like, do you feel it? Or, I mean, I don't, you might not know, but like, I, or does it happen every time if you are? I don't, I think we're all just really varied. It's like, mm-hmm. do you burp like every time you drink a soda? Do you need to go shit every time you do a line <laughs> of cocaine or drink a cup of coffee? Like, everybody's body reacts differently to things. I'm sorry, that was such a bad analogy. I was sorry, like, <laughs> like, coffee, cocaine, I guess some people start both in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, like, just like, some people have a cigarette and coffee and these like they're just yeah. like little weird things that humans do yeah um and so i like to wake up and go for a run and do my juice you know like, yeah. i'm like but when i was in my 20s they did a lot of other stuff you know um <laughs> so i think that yes like i think some i think yes and no to all of that um yeah. i think it just depends on on the woman um i've i've heard from girls before who didn't know they were squirters and suddenly they had their first squirting experience and they were just like whoa and so when your body does something new for the first time i think it's a little scary it's a right. little like is this okay how does my partner feel how do i feel what just happened yeah how do i clean the mattress <laughs> um baking soda vinegared water that's key to anything if you have a mess awesome huh 
half, Good to know. half vinegar, half water, squirt bottle, let it dry, baking soda, vacuum, all done. Nice. You're going to be like replaying that one part. Of the podcast. <laughs> Skip through the rest. Just like that. Um, is it normal to think about sex? Absolutely. If you're, it's, I, yes, a hundred percent. I was going to say it's not normal if you don't think about, it, but I don't want to say normal is such a bad word in yeah. my field. But so. it's okay to think about sex. Yeah, and it's encouraged. I right. would say. Okay. <laughs> um, and so, what would you say? to say like a parent or someone who like their kid does have questions about sex um but they feel like they're too young or like or if a parent feels like they're not educated enough um or they're not comfortable like i feel like a lot of it is like they just brush it off and then they don't talk about it totally Mm -hmm. um so are there like resources out there that they can turn to or that they can like have their kids turn to yeah um so scarletine is has been like a good one um for like junior high but i think just simple communication and intuition on knowing your kid um and just the acceptance and the realization that to to be uncomfortable by something and choose to stick your head in the sand because of your own discomfort is selfish it's negligent it's irresponsible um sex and sexuality these are lifelong conversations and as your child grows they're going to have questions and they're going to be curious and if you're uncomfortable about it and you don't want to talk about it all you're doing is sending the message to your kid that it's something to be ashamed of that it's something to be afraid of and you're essentially setting them up for sexual failure um, by not talking about it so get the fuck over yourself and talk about it um and like i said before when they ask you a question ask them a question back you know see where their head is see where they're getting these messages oh where did you hear that from what makes you think that how do you feel about that and that way you can really get a gauge on um on where their head is and and why they're thinking this or where they're getting this thought from because then you can kind of say okay it's because of this so now we're going to address this aspect of sexuality because they're here Mm -hmm. but you don't need to go full you know full on like bukkake party on them you know (laughs) (laughs) little little baby steps but that's why it's a lifelong conversation so do you see a correlation between Uh, people who as kids maybe didn't have that open dialogue with their parents and then people who as adults still struggle uh, with the questions so they're totally really it's just it's a cycle that we have to choose to break as as parents as kids of parents and you know it's even I've even um suggested that kids approach their parent once they get to be a little older to approach their parents about it and to ask them about it because what a great conversation hey mom what was it like losing your virginity and like there are some moms who would be like oh, i never mom, slept with anyone Haley's except your father mom. my mom does not she, <laughs> she got so uncomfortable about it yeah and, and but i mean it was also like I, I mean i love my mom and it's great and i don't mind that she wasn't open about sex with me um I had a lot of friends that were pretty open about sex. You're breaking the cycle. It's so good. I was I was okay with it. Um, however, I didn't know what a blowjob was. Um, but I told all my friends that I did know what it or like I implied that I didn't know what it was, and then I was too embarrassed to like ask. So I had to go and like fucking like ask Jeeves or something and like find <laughs> out what a blowjob was. Um, so that was more embarrassing, and I think that that is what like kind of made me like 
okay, I'm just going to, like, suck it up and ask. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. And also, like, if I ask my mom, she's not going to, like, make fun of me and be like, oh, my God, you're such a nerd. Like, you you're said, such a noob, Kaylee. Yeah. You said you're going to suck it up and ask. That's just <laughs> too funny to me. Uh, yeah, no, my mom didn't. I never had the sex talk. Oh, I and never my had mom, sex talk But before. my mom, I, like, had to go on birth control for medical reasons because, you know, birth control doesn't mean I'm going to be a slut. Yeah. Uh, but my mom called my sister and was like, Danny's going on birth control. Um, I need you to talk to her about sex. So my mom put it on my sister. Yeah. And like, first of all, my sister and I cracked up because we were like, you're about five years too late. (laughs) So like, you know, like the fact that like there's just like, oh, like birth control must mean they're having sex. And like, you know, sex is, I feel like, and you can like back me up or disagree, but like if sex is so personal, there's no step that leads to another step, you know, like. There's no, like, oh, she went on birth control, so then she had to have sex. Or, like, oh, she was having sex, so then she had to do this step. You know, like, I feel like everything just kind of comes at different <laughs> but places. But I'm bummed. But I'm, uh, <laughs> at different places for different people. Totally. I mean, when do we get get the growth spurt? Like, it, our development, everybody's different. And, um, yeah, I mean, we like to jump to a, a conclusions and make assumptions oh, well, she did this, so she must be doing this. And that's why we need communication. Because if there was just honest communication in the first place, there would be no assumption of, oh, my gosh, she's on birth control. She must be the biggest slut. (laughs) Like, who cares? And who cares if you – like, my biggest thing is, like, it's okay if you want to be a slut and you want to have sex with a lot of people. And there are actually studies now that support um, that the more people you have sex with, the more empathy you foster. Um, and you cultivate. So that's really interesting because every time a guy is an asshole, I'm like, yeah, you're not getting enough pussy. But, (laughs) but, um, so there is a correlation with that. And I think that also has to do with realizing that humans, all of us, we suffer from insecurities and body image stuff. And I remember once I hooked up with a guy who had, um, what is it? Uh, eczema. Oh, eczema. Eczema. Yeah, eczema, yeah. Really badly. And he had it on his dick. And, like, Ooh. I could tell he huh. was, like, so... And he's, like, here's my cream, my medication. Like, nothing's wrong with me. I'm, like, in that moment, you're just, like, oh, like, this poor guy. Like, he, like other girls must freak out and, like, run for the hills. And, like, we had a lovely time and he cared so much about my pleasure. And, like, we were lovers for a stint, you know, in my mm-hmm. late 20s. Early I don't know, mid-twenties, whenever. But, um, (laughs) (laughs) um, and so you really do see this real raw aspect to humanity, um, that that we're all, that the commonality that we all share is that we all want to be loved and we all want to be liked and accepted and, and connect, we all want connection. And so that's, um, what was the question again? (laughs) Oh, just like that one step doesn't like necessarily lead to another so no. like birth control doesn't mean you are having sex no you know, like- and and like you know just because you smoked weed doesn't mean you're going to start heroin next and mm-hmm. just because it, I, I love just because you watch all this hardcore pornography doesn't mean you're going to turn into a pedophile you know like <laughs> these conclusions that people make their assumptions I mean we have places like in Nepal where they throw women in mud huts when they're on their periods because they assume that they're unclean um, in different places around the world in Kenya if they touch livestock they think oh you're going to poison the livestock and the, mm-hmm. the plants when they're on their period 
these are sort of um, ancient beliefs in a lot of different cultures about the yeah. filth of a woman being on her period and isolating her from society. But these are beliefs that were not backed by science. We have science now. We have data now on a lot of things, except squirting. But <laughs> we're working on that. Yeah. Um, and so, so we need to look at facts. You know, um, everybody wanted to teach abstinence only sex ed and. We finally, we have the data and we know it doesn't work, but people are so afraid to accept the fact that that children are sexual, they're sexual beings, they feel. It doesn't mean just because a child is sexual that, it, to talk about it, it doesn't mean that you're sexualizing them. It right, means, or encouraging right, it. Right, it just means you accept the fact that babies masturbate in the womb. That's science. We have science to prove that. Mm-hmm. So... This this notion that we pack up all these beliefs and narratives around bullshit is insane. So yeah, yeah get to the science, get to the data, cut to, cut to the shit. No more alternative facts. Oh, <laughs> seriously, seriously. Okay, well, those are all the questions I have. Is cool. there anything else you want to add? Um, no, I think that's that's good. Yeah. Well, awesome. thank you so much for talking yeah, to us. This is a great conversation. Yeah, I would say like everyone should Google the internal clitoris and check check that out because every every woman needs to know that about her body. Yeah, yeah. and we will be posting links to your sites. Absolutely, and promoing you. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, this I think is like the perfect combination with our other oh, yeah. conversation you, about sex. Yeah. Anyone who listens um, to this, definitely listen to the other one. You're gonna yeah, love Tom, it. Tom is gonna be upset he missed this. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> he's our, our producer. Yeah. Producer, editor. <laughs> um, and so is his roommate, who's a weirdo. Is that the hog tire? No, no. Well, oh. but she was she was there. Like, the he, he was listening. He was listening upstairs, upstairs to that conversation. Well, she's like, I want to squeal like a pig. <laughs> and he was like. <laughs> That was the most ridiculous oh, conversation. I'll have to send you it. It's, oh it's my hysterical. Gosh. Um, I can't wait. Oh, yeah, but thank you so much for talking. Yeah, to thank you. So much fun. Yeah, um, and we will absolutely post links to everything. Cool. Um, this was so fun. So fun. Yeah, um, and educational. And educational. <laughs> Thanks everyone for listening. Thank um, you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, and listen in for the next one. It's gonna be amazing. Yeah. XO.